This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Why is Chris Cuomo still, every story, Glenn, <laughs> talking about Donald Trump? Every single story. He must have gone seven or eight stories. All of them Donald Trump. The man is not the president of the United States. His <laughs> political party has no power in Washington. None. None. And eight straight stories to start your show about Donald Trump and what he did or is doing. This is why, uh, this is why I didn't let Stu talk about Chris Cuomo until the very end of the show. Because <laughs> he's irrelevant. Chris Cuomo is irrelevant. He there are is. like four people watching him however on the other side npr now is uh saying that the blaze breitbart and uh the daily wire ben shapiro he's evil you know um he, that we've all gotten together and now we are duping the american public because they don't know we're conservatives and we're starting to become such an influence that we are dwarfing the things like the New York Times or NBC. We're dwarfing them online. Well, that's got to stop. Ben Shapiro stops by to talk about that and so much more. You don't want to miss a second of today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. the uh the shirt that sarah is wearing cost she's wearing a peloton t-shirt mm-hmm. uh and uh i know what pelotons cost and they are stupid expensive yeah stupid expensive well, and then they add on the monthly fee which is all right i've just spent multiple thousands of dollars here are you really going to charge me 60 dollars a month or whatever it is to so i can stream classes we all know YouTube is free, guys. Like, we all, we, come on. Really? You're going to do that? And, of course, they are. And it works. And, they, and they're all millionaires. And, and soon they're all going to be building their own rocket ships. We're going to be the only ones without the a rocket ship. the only one ship. without a rocket ship. Yeah. No. It's, it's just sad. It, which is funny because the story you always tell to new employees about me is don't start building a rocket ship. Right. Glenn will say, you know, maybe we should all. We should all go to the moon mm-hmm. and uh, he'll change his mind. And so don't start. We all have multiple unfinished rocket ships in our backyard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what Stu always tells people. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to know when you need to build the rocket, rocket ship. ship. That's, yeah. yeah. So soon. I think it's coming. I think it's coming soon. So, uh, so seriously, do you get, do you get a free t-shirt when you buy the $5,000 treadmill or whatever it is? Um, no, you get 100 classes or 100 bike rides gets you a free T-shirt. 100 bike rides get you a free Peloton T-shirt. Now, now, to be clear, you have to buy the bike and pay the monthly fee and do 100 classes to get the T-shirt. So not free. <laughs> right. It's definitely not free. Uh, you know, I could print one that looks exactly like that and sell it to you for 20 bucks. Mm. 
where that T-shirt probably cost you close to six grand. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, too, it's like a what, a, you know, three or four thousand dollar bike. It's sixty bucks a month or whatever it is for eternity. And the worst part about getting that T-shirt is doing a hundred classes. To me, like the the thing I want to do least is actually yeah, do really the biking. I don't want to be on it. <laughs> I don't want to cycle. No. 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 But that's why we look like we do. My uh, Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife just got a Pilates machine. It's coming. What is a Pilates machine? I have no idea. It looks like a medieval torture thing. <laughs> it does. It's like, and she's like, you're doing Pilates. And I'm like, I'm not doing Pilates. Oh, you should definitely doing- live stream that on Instagram. You should, oh, uh, you I'm going to wear, I'm, you know what will make it, you know what will make it stop? Mm. My wife saying you got to do Pilates is if I start wearing a leotard and I'm going to. You, ke- a, you keep threatening these things. I think you just like wearing leotards. No, and, I've never worn a leotard. I just know what I would look like in a <laughs> leotard. It would not be good. No. <laughs> it would not be good. It wouldn't exactly be a night at the ballet. Agreed. <laughs> and she would not want it to be publicly posted. So she would allow you to get so, out of exercise. Uh, she would be like, no, n- n- no, I can't. No, you can't. Internet's down. Whole world. Yeah. Whole world. Yeah. Whole world is down. <laughs> People are trapped in their house, Glenn. It's not good. Don't do that to them. And I'm like, I'm not doing that to them. This is just like the way I like to exercise on my new Pilates machine. What the hell is Pilates? I mean, it's it's just like yoga. Only it's strengthening and flexibility and, you know, supposed to make you leaner and taller and it's awesome. Yeah. Being Uh strong and flexible, that just screams Glenn Beck, doesn't it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it does. Mm -hmm. It's like yoga. Yoga, I've done yoga before. Have you ever done yoga? No. Yeah, I've done yoga before. It's the most intense, like, uh, I don't know. You know, you're like, you know, do the gladfish or downward dog whatever and do it for you know 20 minutes and it is so strenuous at the same time it is so relaxing i fell asleep it's the only i was like i was i was going for it and then i (laughs) and (laughs) the yoga instructor said mr beck are you sleeping i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry this is really good i mean it's strenuous but I'm so relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm so relaxed. It's time for a nap. So you should leave now. And they did. And they never came back. Points for me. Yeah. <laughs> Points for me. Did you do that in a leotard? No, I didn't do that in a leotard. That's when I could have worn a leotard. You know, now, now I'm only threatening it because, whoa, no one wants to see me in that. <laughs> So do I look like a Pilates guy? I mean, not look like it, but do I look like it? Because this is the one my wife says, you will really like that. Because I've tried all of it. I hate all of it. Hate. And when all of it, all you of mean it. exercise? I mean walking. I mean to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I hate it all. I hate it all. You've got the Wally lifestyle. It's the one you want, right? Like, isn't that, wasn't no, that the actually, that- I, you know what I really would mm-hmm. like, except now you would have to be running because of all of the people that are trying to kill you and stab you. Uh, my best exercise was walking in the streets of New York. And remember, I mean, nobody could keep up with me. I'm a fast walker and I was in shape because I would walk a lot in New York City because I liked it. Because every time you'd see something new. And the good thing, too, there is there's a lot of... Uh- 
trying to escape threats because Correct. everybody walking on the street wanted to kill you. Yes. So, so it, it had, I mean, my adrenaline was going. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. And I really liked it. But there's no place else like New York City. You know, you you walk. It was like, let's go for a walk in the neighborhood. I've seen it. Nothing's changed. <laughs> maybe, maybe Bob has the station wagon out in front of the house instead of in the garage this time. I mean, I yeah. just get bored so fast. Yeah, it's so boring. Like, there's no homeless vomit anywhere in your neighborhood. None. That's terrible. There's no what needles a, to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're exercising, let's say, in New York or mm-hmm. San Francisco, you have to, you're, you're, you're always seeing there's new poop on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a yeah. new needle over it. here. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody trying to urinate on you, mm-hmm. you know, five yards ahead. I've heard right now New York and San Francisco are great for exercise because you're constantly <laughs> fleeing violent right. attacks. Yeah, it's great. So, it's and there's really no good. cops around uh, because they've banned them all. So it's, it's really great. It's a great way to get your heart rate up. And it, I can get the I Heart New York uh, t-shirt for less than you paid for the Peloton. <laughs> so I, I, I like that. Uh, last night I watched uh, the special we were talking about uh, with Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. I watched it with my my daughter uh, Hannah, my second oldest. Yeah, if you did, if you missed the conversation yesterday, this guy who a comedian, mm. sort of, who was you know, well pretty well known for Netflix specials and stuff, gave up on comedy for like five years ago because he had really extreme anxiety, was about to come back. And start performing in January 2020. And then as he tells it, the funniest thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did an entire comedy special from inside one room of his house over quarantine. And I think he was in L.A. I'm not I'm not sure. Not sure. But either way, he was locked down, I guess, for basically a whole year. So it took a whole year to do the special. Just him with a camera in one room. It really is a, an amazing piece of work. I've never seen... The, I, I watched this a second time I've watched it. And I've never seen anything like it. And I think you know, what's so frightening about it, it it's, it's very funny. And at the beginning, it's... it's it, I'm just warning you, it's very offensive in its language. Um, it's a comedy special on Netflix, though. Yeah, probably it's probably expected for yeah, most people. Correct. Um but it is and it's and it's kind of light and hmm, trivial at the beginning uh, but it took him a year locked in his house and the guy is unstable and it's almost like watching a real truman show except he knows he's trapped you know what i mean mm. um it's the closest thing i, I was watching it last night and i'm like i've never seen anything like it and then i thought it's kind of like the truman show where where the guy is is trapped in this weird situation, this make-believe situation, and we're just watching him really deteriorate. Um, he is mentally um, fragile, I would say. He's a genius. You are watching a genius. I, I think this guy is the most gifted and one of the smartest guys I have ever seen uh in performance i mean it is it's performance art you've never seen anything like this before but when it hits intermission about halfway through 
um, he realizes that COVID and the isolation is going to keep going. At the beginning of the video, it's kind of light because he's like, it's, you know, it's going to be over soon. And then six months into it, he's still making the video and he's he is realizing, are we ever going to leave lockdown? But his, especially in the second half, his discoveries of what's real and what's not uh, are phenomenal. I really, I so want to play some of the stuff on the air because the commentary about where we are, you're watching, you're watching this guy in one of the most real performances you've ever seen. And while he has kind of a breakdown on screen, I don't think that that's the real breakdown. I think that is him reenacting the breakdown. But the breakdown, you know, is real. Um, And uh, he is coming to the understanding that the Internet and and what what's going on in the world right now is blowing us apart. And. He he's just so clear while he is losing his mind. He's so clear on what the problems are. And I doubt we agree on things. Um, except the diagnosis of the problem. And uh, he has one song. I just want to play a little bit of it. He has this is this is towards the end. And it's, let me play, uh, play the beginning of it. It is, it's really remarkable. Um, is beautiful but then he's saying goodbye i'll meet you i'll meet you outside i'll meet you on the street but we're never coming back we're never coming back together i'll be on the other side of the street it's it is such a brilliant piece of work and Last night when I was watching it, I was overwhelmed with the feeling that it was almost like dropping a pin. You know, when you drop a pin on a map on the timeline. This guy. I mean, in that song, it talks about, you know, you say it's it's uh, it's ending, but it's already over and nothing you can do uh, to change it. And it's. It is such a weird, dystopian almost piece, but it's real. And I felt like it was dropping a pen in the timeline. I feel like this special would be or should be looked at possibly in the future as the first real sign in mass culture that the collective knew. 
And because uh, I said to my daughter about halfway through, I said, what, what do you think of this? She said, well, it's funny, but it's all true. And I said, yeah, I know. And it's not like it's not true because it's Marxist or anti-Marxist or anything like that. It's true in its feeling. This guy is so wide open to feelings uh, and he knows he's he's got the collective zeitgeist nailed, unlike anything I've ever seen. His name is Bo Burnham, uh, and it is a uh, it's a special called Inside, and you can find it on Netflix. It is uh, just warning if you are somebody that is offended by language, and uh, it is very edgy, very edgy uh, for anybody who is not used to the you know culture as it is today uh, but it, it is watch it all the way through it's absolutely brilliant and as bonhoeffer said not to speak is to speak not to stand is to stand god will not hold us blameless and i've always said that's so true because there's no excuse we all know and i think this special points out we all know we all know what's coming. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Ben Shapiro, welcome. How are you doing? Well, I found something out, and I don't think this is true. You would have said something about it, uh, but I, I don't want to ambush you here, but... Uh, I've heard that you're Jewish. Is that true? Well, well I can't believe, you can't believe everything you hear. <laughs> Look at how he's stumbling around this. I think he's Jewish. Holy cow, Ben. It's out now. I mean, I mean, you might, yeah. you might as well live with uh, it. I just thought you always next wore. You'll, next you'll be telling people, next you'll be telling people that, that I like and control a space laser and oh my god I, I don't know i heard we don't talk about these things i i i swear to you you told me that that little that little hat you wore was just too small it was a cap that you had as a kid and it was too small and i believed it it's okay well ben we'll get i tried to, I tried to keep it go- i tried to keep uh, it going I, as long as i could Glenn. <laughs> gosh you, you know, know what ben it is what's going on now is is as insane as what i just said to you it's just insane what the mainstream media is is now trying to portray there now there was a great article congratulations on the article from npr uh a great article where they have they have deemed that you are a great danger now because of what you're building over at the daily wire uh and they point to you and to us and to breitbart uh, and they say that you are affecting millions of people and they don't know that you're a conservative. They have no idea that the Daily Wire is really a conservative uh, outlet. How can they possibly say something like it's marked at the bottom of every single page of every article? How can they possibly say that? It's insanity. I mean, uh- 
It, it is crazy, but it, it's perfectly predictable because right now when you watch Joe Biden and the New York Times and the entire media and democratic infrastructure combine to basically say that social media is the problem and needs to be reined in and that social media needs to, quote unquote, cut out misinformation. And by misinformation, they don't actually mean things that are wrong. They just mean stuff they don't like. Yes. It's not anything of a surprise. They've been doing this since 2016. So before 2016, I know everybody has a short memory. Before 2016, everybody in the media loved Facebook, right? Because Facebook yes. was the place where Barack Obama won the 2012 election. Mm-hmm. Facebook, was, he, had, he had figured out these brilliant strategies. Then Trump wins in 2016. And they've got to find some rationale for why Hillary Clinton, the worst candidate in American history, lost. And it can't be that she's the worst candidate because that would mean she was the worst candidate. It's got to be <laughs> something else. And so what they come up with is it's Facebook. Facebook allowed Russian dissemination of disinformation. Facebook allowed dissemination of disinformation via the Trump campaign and all this. Now, there was a a subtle shift that happened here where the critique went from Russian disinformation, which would be, you know, that actually has a, a definition. That would be active foreign intervention in an American election via false propaganda to misinformation. Right. They shifted from disinformation which could be targeted to misinformation, mm-hmm. which now includes anything they don't like. Correct. So they will just scrub the Hunter Biden article because that is, quote unquote, misinformation, even though it's true. And in this NPR article, they rip Daily Wire, not because we report things that aren't true. They admit in the article that we don't report things that aren't true. They, they quote a quote, some sort of, quote unquote, expert professor mm-hmm. at a, an Ivy League university saying that any true fact, quote unquote, stripped of context can become misinformation. Which is to say that if you're conservative and you give context for information in a way that that leftists don't like, this now constitutes misinformation. And that's what this entire campaign is about. There's this extraordinarily perverse thing that has happened with regard to how we consume information in the United States. It used to be that you would bookmark a place like Daily Wire or The Blaze and you go directly there. And then because social media is so convenient, people get Daily Wire or The Blaze or Breitbart from their newsfeed on Facebook. And the left noticed that all of the dissemination of information was now centralized in one place. And then they said, okay, well, what if we just now bottleneck that? What if we just strangle the, in the crib all of these conservative organizations by telling the disseminator of information to just cut off the faucet? And that's what NPR is doing right now. They're trying to reestablish an, a, an establishment media monopoly with the help of the Democratic Party. And apparently your taxpayer dollars is NPR. They're trying to do all of that by basically pressuring Facebook into preventing anything they don't like from ever seeing the light of day. It would be bad if it was coming from the New York Times, but it's coming from NPR. That is an arm of the U.S. government. I mean, that is paid for by the U.S. government. Our tax dollars go to pay for NPR. Uh, And it is probably the closest we have to an actual state media outlet. Uh, And with everything that the White House has been saying about, you know, we're uh, we're flagging and, you know, we're we're hoping that that Facebook is going to stop these people who are who are killing people with their misinformation. You they have said this about almost everything. The latest is just covid. You know, everything that the right or that liberty lovers or constitutionalists have been talking about Every time since 2008, they have been saying that that's going to get somebody killed. They're, they're, we're just fomenting a revolution or whatever. It, this is the, the, the open door to the end of the First Amendment. And I don't see anybody in uh, outside of conservative circles really talking about this and taking this seriously. This is really dangerous. 
Oh, it's super dangerous. And, and if it were Trump doing it, you know that this would be an oh assault on the press. You know, Trump said, said oh, yeah. a mean thing about someone from the press, and it was like, wow, the First Amendment under attack. Now you have the White House deliberately saying that social media should shut down things the White House doesn't like, and the entire press is sucking its thumb in the corner or cheering it on. I mean, it, it, there's an article from Kara Swisher, who's just terrible in The New York Times, and she's been basically every article she writes is about why Facebook should do what she wants Facebook to do. Uh, and she had an article about Biden's comments the other day where he said that Facebook was killing people which, again, is absurd. First of all, it assumes that human beings don't have agency mm-hmm. and can't actually do risk assessment for themselves and take a look at the facts themselves. Number two, it assumes that Facebook is purposefully disseminating false information about COVID, which is just a lie. It assumes that they are, in fact, a publisher, not a platform, which is kind of hilarious since the entire leftist support for Facebook is rooted yep. in Section 230, which suggests they're a platform, not a, not, a, not a publisher. So she writes in this piece, backing Joe Biden, saying that Facebook is killing people, quote, Attempting to stop falsehoods by claiming to offer good information is like using a single sandbag to hold back an impossibly fetid ocean. It's like that when it comes to a range of once anodyne, now divisive issues, from election integrity to critical race theory to whatever, keeping this country in a constant state of twitchy confusion. So now she's, I mean, she's giving away the ballgame there, right? The idea here is not that the Democrats care about cutting down on quote-unquote COVID misinformation. If they wanted to cut down on COVID mi- misinformation, perhaps they should stop Dr. Fauci from talking. Since yes. He's now reversed himself on every major position he ever mm-hmm. held, from masking to the efficacy of vaccines without masks to school reopening. But put that aside, the, she's now broadened it out from COVID to everything. She literally says everything, right? That, that Facebook should police all the things because... Otherwise, people could tell lies about things like critical race theory. And by lies, she means the truth, because she's a believer in critical race theory, right. as most of the members of the left-wing New York Times editorial board are. So this is, it is the great danger to the country that the informational distribution mechanisms are now being leveraged into top-down control by Democrats. Now, listen, I don't think that the heads of Facebook, particularly Zuckerberg, have a congenital interest in doing this. But I also don't know that they have the stones to actually stand up to this effort for long periods of time, which is why I've called on people who listen to my show and people who read Daily Wire to subscribe to Daily Wire and subscribe to The Blaze and subscribe to Fox Nation or anywhere else they get their Likewise. conservative news because yep. pretty soon it's going to be the, the model for, for informational distribution is going to be completely revised by a, an authoritarian left. So the arrogance is usually uh, where people, they just, they, they overplay their hand. The left overplays their hand all the time. But I feel like they've overplayed their hand for 10 years now, and it doesn't seem to be an overplaying. How, how do you see this changing at all, Ben? Are we, where are we on this timeline of, no. of losing freedom? So I, I think that it, I really believe the future of the country and the only possibility that we stay together as a country is going to not be because of anything we, the conservatives, do, uh, or even anything the radical left does. It's going to be the people in the middle. Do yes. the people in the middle decide that they are going to stand up to this stuff, or do they just go with whoever is the loudest voice and just appease that, that loud voice? And that includes people who are sort of the moderate liberals. You remember there's that Harper's Weekly letter last year where 150 liberals yes. uh, wrote this piece about how cancel culture was bad. They had their obligatory kind of slaps at Trump, but, they, but then they did the, the cancel culture is bad routine. And the question for them is, are you just trying to keep the Overton window open for yourself, or are you willing to expand that to people who don't actually agree with you? Because if it's only the former, the country's not going to survive. If you say, listen, we, the liberal side, we may agree with leftists on a lot of their utopian goals, but we are not willing 
to shut down conversation, destroy individual rights, shut down the First Amendment in order to achieve those goals. So maybe we'll get to utopia later, but at least we won't have destroyed the country. If they do that, the country can survive. If they decide to move along with the left because the left has some of the same political priorities, then we will fall apart as a country because there is no way that the right is just going to sit still for this. And with everything that is going on, I mean, we're really disturbed, Ben. What does your research show on what's happening um, with justice and the FBI, especially on this January 6th thing? I mean, FBI looks like it's possibly involved in it. Uh, You know, they were now involved with the Whitmer thing, and that's kind of going awry. I mean, we're in a really dangerous place what what are you feeling or hearing about what's happening legally with just january 6th well obviously the the sort of resources that the government is devoting to prosecuting everybody from from january 6th uh while i'm perfectly fine with people who violate the law going to jail me too uh, there is obviously a, a wide disparity between the resources devoted by the federal government to prosecuting people on january 6th and the complete willingness of pretty much everybody to just shrug and, and in fact, cheer rioters last year doing $5 billion in damage, $2 billion in insured damage to major cities around the country. I mean, that disparity is, is pretty obvious and wide. Uh, you know, as far as sort of the, the January 6th of it all, uh, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't particularly followed the, the sort of theorizing about the FBI and its involvement with Correct. January 6th, because frankly, it seems like there's pretty good evidence. A lot of these people wanted to go in and do something uh, stupid, petty, foolish, and criminal. Right. Um, but, the, the bigger problem with January 6th is, is to me, not the quote-unquote FBI involvement. I, I think we already know that there are problems with the FBI from the entire Mueller investigation. The, the big problem to me with January 6th is the attempt by the left to use January 6th as the tool to silence everybody, right? It's, if you voted for Trump, you're in favor of January 6th, which means you're dangerous, which means that really we should be taking a second look at you. January 6th was such a, a breach of democracy that you must continue to give us unalloyed power at the federal level in order to stop things like January 6th from happening ever again. And the, the continual focus by the Democrats on January 6th, the blowing of it out, out of all proportion, treating it as though it was the single worst thing to happen in modern American history, when in reality, if security does its job, January 6th never happens in the way that it happens, right? The, the big failure there is what the Senate Intelligence Committee said it was, which was a complete failure of all of the apparatuses of law enforcement to stop people from invading the Capitol in the first place. In reality, it was several hundred people who broke into a building. Yes, many of them intend on doing grave harm, and they should go to jail for that. Yeah. But the notion that it was like an insurrection about to overthrow the American government it's and thus give us unalloyed power is insane. I mean, it, it was not about to overthrow the American government. The place was cleared within two hours. The Congress, led, by the way, by Mike Pence, the Trump's vice president, and Mitch McConnell in the Senate, led the certification of the election. So, like, at what point was American democracy truly in danger? That's why when you see when you when you hear these stories about um, when you hear these stories about top generals at the Pentagon saying things like, "Well, you know, it was the Reichstag fire, and this is all Hitler." It's like, read a book, and for goodness' sake, read a book, or you're just being dishonest. Ben Shapiro, who I have tremendous uh, respect for, uh, you know, I met a I met a kid. Uh, he was probably gosh, twelve or thirteen, I think. Uh, met him backstage at uh, CPAC, and I I looked at him and I was talking to him and I said to him, "You remind me of Ben Shapiro. Uh, he when he was when he was your age, uh, you know, you were. When when did you go to college? Like 
Uh, I, I was 16, but if you said that to that kid, yeah, yeah I was 16. That, that, that kid had some real hard teenage years ahead of him. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 he does. He does. But uh, you've been a great, a great force. We have about a, a minute here, Ben, uh, two minutes. Tell me the thing that uh, you're most concerned about and the thing that we can actually make an impact on. So right now, the thing that I'm most concerned about is the woke vocification of corporations, the, the use of business to cram down particular viewpoints on the rest of the American public inside your business place, threatening you with firing if you don't post the proper black square or the yeah, proper yeah. gay pride message, like that kind of stuff. If that continues, then we are going to completely bifurcate as a country. And it is an area where we can successfully push back in the same way that a lot of people have pushed back in the educational sphere. All it really requires is for you to politically unionize with some of your friends, because it really is like a very core group of radical leftists who renormalize these institutions by taking advantage of people not wanting to cause controversy right. or have HR issues. And so if you can be loud and proud on the other side and outnumber those folks, then you really can get your institution to just go back to kind of weapons down, no politics in the workplace, which would be, I think, the best available outcome there. Any doubt in your mind that the, the giant corporations uh, are using the Great Reset uh, or headed that way, and they're using the Marxists as fuel that they'll eat the marxists when all is said and done you know i, I think that they think they'll eat the marxists but we'll find out i mean uh -huh. it, it'll it'll be a pitch battle it, i mean a, a lot of the corporations thought you know that in the in the early days of, of the russian revolution that things would end up well for them they didn't a lot of the corporations thought in the early days of the nazis that things would end up great for them not so much so it, it turns out that when you get in bed with the government and with people who love government uh, you shouldn't be surprised when you get screwed um, so they, yeah, I think a lot of these people think they're in control, but they are not, I think. Ben Shapiro, a great work at the Daily Wire. Give Jeremy and everybody uh, my best. Thank you for all of the years of service that you've done and what you're working on now uh, to keep us and the rest of the world free. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to Daily Wire. The dailywire.com. All right, so summer has arrived, and with it comes all of those amazing summer holidays. And with things finally starting to return to normal in this country, I'll bet you're looking to spend those holidays with friends and family, cooking up some good food in the backyard while the kids go running and screaming around the yard. Let me take your grilling game and knock it up one level. If you haven't already, I want you to go online and check out Rectech. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes, and it does it with smart grill technology, which means that it maintains perfect temperature the whole time. And that means you don't burn anything like I have time or two or every time until I got a Rectech. It's sleek, it's sturdy. The thing is built out of solid stainless steel. It's a tank. It'll be the last grill you buy. AB, compare the Rectech to the competition. You'll see what I'm talking about. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. talk to you a little bit about misinformation and the problems that we have here in america and it, it it's really not complex it's really not why are we having these problems why are we seeing things like uh the numbers of people who don't believe that we walked on the moon suddenly double why, why is that happening 
Why is it that people don't believe in institutions? Is it is it propaganda? Has it been misinformation? Is it coming from the right? Is it coming from the left? Is it intentional or is it an accident? Well, we've been heading down this road for a long time because people didn't know people didn't know who to trust, but there wasn't a way to actually go and get information elsewhere. The internet has changed absolutely everything. And so now we can get different information. We can get real information and we can get bogus information. And when when the officials are not in line with the American people, and that, that doesn't mean that we don't agree or we we don't ever disagree. What it means is when people hear a an excuse, for instance, you're going to the store and you're paying 11 percent more for milk than you were just a couple of months ago. And then you hear the president say there is no inflation. You know, that's not true. When somebody says to you a um, uh, gives a reason or excuse and it just doesn't feel right, it's like that's not true. You're more susceptible to going out and hearing something that might be an absolute lie, but it fits the scenario. And so you lose the trust of all of the institutions because you figure out they, they're lying to you now and they've been probably lying to you for a long time, which opens up all of the doors of now I don't believe we went to the moon. All the crazy stuff. There's a good number of people now all over the world that believe that chips are inside of the vaccine. Absolutely not true. However, with all of the other actions that have been done by the elites in our world, it's gaining credibility because you don't know if you can trust them. I, I would never think that the FBI had infiltrated groups and had been setting them up for a political agenda. For instance, the, Whit, the Whitmer uh, kidnapping. It appears as though that wasn't something that they stopped. It was something that they fomented and stopped. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know how much of it is true, because who do you trust to give you that news? You trust the FBI? Never in my life did I not think that I would trust the FBI. I don't trust the FBI now. Why? Well, because it doesn't seem like they ever get punished for the things that they're doing. For instance, lying to a FISA court. This is one of the worst things that you can possibly do. One guy changes a report, actually physically changes the situation on uh, what they're presenting to the court and saying, this is why you should give us access to everything because he is not part of us. He's never worked for us. He's never done any of these things when the exact opposite was true. And the FBI went in and changed the documents to fit their narrative. 
Once you do that on something that you're going after a president of the United States, I have a hard time believing you wouldn't do that to me. I mean, if they did it and got away with it with somebody like the president of the United States, do you think they give a flying crap about you? Now, that doesn't mean that the FBI is bad. I, I believe that the vast majority of the FBI agents are good. But what's happening at the upper end is what's trouble. Do you believe, let me, pay, well, let me, play, um, let me play cut one here. This is Saki clarifying that Facebook, um, the post, the tagging, and what they're really doing. I want you to listen to this. First of all, we've not fa- asked Facebook to block uh, any individual posts. Uh, the way this works is that there are trending, there are trends that are out there on social media platforms. Uh, you're aware of them. Uh, we're aware of them. Anyone in the public can be aware of them. There's also um, uh, data that we um, we look at that many media platforms, like many of you, also okay. look at data in terms of trends. And you rep- so what are they saying here? They're saying that they're not interfering with Facebook. They are just saying, Facebook, you should take action against anybody who is is uh, providing you with misinformation. And that that's it. Do you believe that? I don't, but I have nothing to back it up. But I don't believe that. And if you think that makes me a radical, let me reverse the scenario. If Donald Trump said exactly the same thing, do you think the other side would believe it? See, the problem is we're losing faith in our institutions, but then everything has become politicized that the exact same thing can be done by one president and half the country thinks it's okay and the other half thinks they should go to jail for it. And then the D is switched to an R or vice versa. And all of a sudden, the entire population switches because we're not talking about principles anymore. All we're talking about is politics. We've lost the trust in anything but a political letter, R or D. That is extraordinarily dangerous. And how is this happening? You know, all I heard about for the last six years is what a liar Donald Trump is. Okay. All right. Let's accept that that's true. Just accept that all of that is true. Well, let me give you some examples of um, the other side and Joe Biden. Um, Why are we having so much Why are we having problems right now with thinking that Nazis are coming to get us? Well, the misinformation about neo-Nazis. Biden launched his presidential campaign in April 2019 by claiming that President Donald Trump had referred to the neo-Nazis and white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia, as very fine people. We know that's not true. We know it's not true. We have the audio tape of what he said. He was not saying the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists. In fact, he said those were bad people. But there were also other very fine people 
who felt things were being changed and they were standing and going for that reason. And you can't put all of them into the same bucket. Misinformation. Did the media further that? Did social media further that? Or did they flag it and say, this isn't true? The only way anyone will have credibility is when they say this was a lie, this wasn't true, and call out their own side. It's why we do it. And we get a lot of heat from people who are just, and I understand it. I really do understand it. We, we are in a situation where it's literally becoming life and death. It's literally freedom or slavery. And so you don't want anything to hurt your side. But we cannot be on the side of anything but truth. Only those who have some credibility will be able to lead in the future. And those people who have credibility are the ones who will just tell you the truth and say, you know what, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. I know that doesn't make people happy, but we were wrong about this. But they didn't do that. The misinformation about the coronavirus vaccine. Can we please play, let's see, is it cut one? I think it's cut one on Biden and uh, Kamala Harris talking about the vaccine prior to the election. So let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's OK. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. you got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Okay, who is the anti-vaxxer here? That's incredible. That's an incredible montage. That is, that's unbelievable. I asked the staff to, we could have more. I asked the staff yesterday, can you just put together the montage of, of these guys saying, I'm not going to take the vaccine and calling into question. Now, why did they do that? They only did that to play on people's fears and hype it up that you can't trust it. Now, there may be reasons you can't trust the vaccine. It is, it's completely new, a completely new way of making vaccines. Um, it was rushed, but it seems to be safe. I mean, it's the biggest trial in human history, and we are just trying it on people, but we were in a situation where we needed the vaccine, and it seems to be working. It seems to be good. Now they are coming after people who have these questions when they're not being transparent. They are not saying to people, just look at it. 
Just look at it and you decide. And let's have a debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. They're telling us. Now think of how evil this is. They're telling the American people that is the misinformation from the from the right and people like me who say, if you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. I, I think it's probably okay. I don't know, and nobody will know for 10 years, but I don't think there's any chips in it or anything else. So take it, especially if you're vulnerable. They say that that is dangerous misinformation. And it's coming from the political right. Well, when you find out that the people who are not getting vaccinated are African-Americans and Hispanics. That's where the lion's share is. When you hear that, are they are Hispanics and African-Americans? Are they suddenly listening to the Daily Wire and to Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You, of course, the New York Times, they would say that we're all white people and we're all conservatives. So how is that? Because it's not about the vaccine. It's not about saving lives. It's about politics. Misinformation. So the White House says they have to stop misinformation. And they're starting with the coronavirus. And they are partnering, their own documentation says they are partnering with social media to stop misinformation. Okay, so what happens, the misinformation about police officers? What happens about all the misinformation about what was happening with uh, Antifa and the riots? As they were attacking a federal courthouse in Portland and calling for the end of of the United States of America. Biden said that the feds were brutally attacking peaceful protesters. Why don't we have, why don't we trust the media? Why don't we, why don't we trust and just line up and do whatever we're told to do? Because there are too many lies and almost everything that is happening in our world today is happening because the government has violated the the Bill of Rights and they have lied and caused these problems. How about the misinformation about China's threat to the U.S.? Biden says they're not a threat during the campaign. They're not a threat uh, They're You know, Trump banning was hysterical xenophobia when you couldn't go to when you couldn't go to China. How does he have any credibility on China now? The misinformation on the military debts, the misinformation about the economic reopenings, the misinformation about Trump and Lafayette Square, the Hunter Biden laptop. That wasn't misinformation. These are out and out lies that were happening. And is anyone talking about banning those things? Na, na, na. 